Hey there, welcome to XR Industry Leaders with ArborXR. My name is Brad Scoggin, and I am the CEO and one of three co-founders of ArborXR. We've had the opportunity of working with thousands of companies since 2016. And we've learned a ton about what it takes for XR to be successful in your organization. And I'm Will Stackable, co-founder and CMO. This podcast is all about interviewing the leaders who are on the ground making XR happen today. True pioneers in the space, from Amazon, Walmart, and UPS, to Coke, Pfizer, and beyond to uncover the pitfalls, lessons learned, and secrets that you can use to help grow XR in your organization. All right, well, today we have uh, Lenovo on the pod and we get to sit down with the head of commercial VR, Jason McGuigan, and the GM of XR and Metaverse, Vishal Shah. Thanks for being on the show today, guys. Thanks for having us, great to be here. Thanks for having us, Brad, appreciate it. Absolutely, and you know, it's been fun to get to know you guys over the last couple of years. Uh, Vishal, you and I are fairly close, so we could hang out sometimes in SoCal, and I get to see Jason at uh, conferences occasionally, since you're on the other side of the country. But uh, always love to start with a little bit of an origin story. So maybe you kick us off, Jason. Kind of how did you get into XR to begin with, and how did you end up at Lenovo, and what are you doing now? Yeah, uh, sure, sure. Uh, so as you mentioned, my, my title being uh, Head of Commercial Virtual Reality, so I'm following Vishal's team. Um, I've been in the XR space uh, since the latest inception of it, so around 2014, 2015. Um, prior to that, uh, you know, being in this space, uh, I really focused on traditional media. So I worked a lot in television, film, uh, 3D, motion graphics, uh, and did a lot of uh, real-time uh, applications. Uh, so I led a bunch of teams uh, on the creative side as well as the development side. Uh, sometimes teams anywhere between uh, 20 and uh, upwards of 100 people if we had external resources. Uh, and we built applications and, and software and, and experiences for enterprise customers. Uh, so over the decades, literally, you know, I think I'm in 25 years in the media space or so uh, across the board. And, uh, you know, doing all that, you know, working with companies like Disney and, and uh, IBM over the years. Um, but when we got into XR... Um, and we started moving in that direction, uh, we really started focusing on how this would benefit enterprise customers pretty much from day one. We recognized the value from gaming and we were all big gamers uh, in the company I was the chief creative officer in prior to Lenovo. And, um, you know, we, we got the opportunity to try it. And we said, you know, this is something that will appeal to our customers. Uh, and, you know, we immediately brought it into places like the Home Depot, uh, BASF, uh, but our biggest customer across the board with uh, doing it was Lenovo. Uh, and they were our biggest customer in traditional media, and they became our biggest customer early days in, in VR. Uh, so as I continued to develop that relationship there and working in that, uh, when I wanted to get out of kind of that service field, when uh, you know that small ISV sort of mindset, uh, you know, I, I started looking around and, and uh, kind of just uh, you know, decided I just wanted to get out of the space and take a little bit of a breather. And you know, my contacts at Lenovo said, no, we, we, we should talk. Uh, so uh, I've been with Lenovo for about four years now, leading up uh, the VR uh, you know, initiatives, everything from what we do on the hardware, software, strategy side, and, and everybody we work with on the ISV front, uh, including some of the great relationships we have with uh, MDM partners like you guys. Awesome. Vishal, give us your origin story. Yeah, so uh, thank you for the introduction, Brad, and and great to be uh, working with Arbor XR. You're like definitely a leader in this uh, in this space and what we're doing uh, in the XR world. So my my origin is uh, I've been in this space for almost uh, almost a decade now. 
I was at uh, Motorola and Qualcomm for a while working on a variety of uh, digital transformation products, both on the hardware side as well as the software and solution side, uh, and then transitioned to pure uh, XR headsets, AR headsets, rather, uh, about 10 years ago at startups in Silicon Valley. Uh, and I was really blown away by the potential of what, uh, what this can do, right? To me, this is the new frontier for media, new frontier for uh, content consumption. Uh, and uh, ever since then, I've been working on a variety of startups, consulting for large companies, as well as uh, working with uh, Lenovo for the last two and a half years as the head of their entire AR, VR, and uh, metaverse initiative. And as part of that, I'm responsible for everything from the product development, uh, product operations, to the sales and business development uh, of the product, right? So soup to nuts in terms of the delivery of the product. So it's great to work with, uh, you know, the you know, folks like Jason, you know, build a team, as well as work with exciting partners such as you, because we strongly believe that the ecosystem is what will what is required uh, to thrive in this industry. Uh, and, uh, you know, looking forward to really help our enterprise customers scale uh, with the Lenovo Think Reality Solutions. Well, I definitely want to hear about uh, from you, Jason, some more on, on the VRX. I actually remember when you emailed us, I don't know, I guess a year and a half ago, and we got the pitch of this is what's coming, and we were all pretty excited. Um, so, so maybe we transition to that and, and kind of share a little bit about the VRX and how you guys are differentiating in the market. Sure. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I think, uh, I'm not sure if we, we originally met uh, over email, but then ran to each other in conferences. But like, you know, obviously you guys have made a name for yourself in the space. And uh, early days when we were developing the VRX and, and we were getting ready to start talking to the market about it, uh, I did a lot of research on who was out there and who was making penetration into those enterprise customers that we deal with on a regular basis. Uh, and, you know, that translates directly into why and how we developed the product why we, you know, in the way we did. Um, so I think Reality VRX was built from the ground up for enterprise customers uh, with the approach that Lenovo has for the entire technology stack that we've been working in for quite literally decades. And that makes us very unique in the XR space. Um, you know, all of our competitors in the space, they're, they're selling their first or second or third version of a piece of hardware, uh, but that's their only product that they put into these enterprise spaces, uh, you know, typically by and large. Um, whereas with us, you know, we have these relationships that go back many decades Customers know how to buy from us. They trust us as a, as, a, as a solution provider. And that's really what they look to us as, is you know, they, they recognize a problem. Uh, they know how to measure it out on ROI and, and what the situation will actually result in if they solve for that problem. And then they look to us for technology solutions. Uh, and Lenovo is great at creating reliable enterprise hardware. Uh, we're also great at supporting it and servicing and doing all those things. The area that we have a gap in, and we recognize this, is in what the solution and software you put on those devices are. Everyone knows what to do with a laptop. So when we sell a ThinkPad to somebody, you don't walk in the door and say, oh, by the way, you need Windows, you need Adobe, you need you know, Microsoft, it, you know, Office, you, you need all these things. Everyone knows what they, they have to do with that. But when you walk in the door with a Think Reality VRX or any other VR headset, you have to explain to them what the full solution is. And that comes with how to manage it from the individual perspective, including the MDM aspect, which you guys really do a great job at. Um, and then looking at the legacy aspects of the tools in the market, we realize that there are going to be some customers that say, you know what, here's what we use for all of our devices. This is what we need to use for our new devices coming to the market. But then there's also the groups that say, you know what, we recognize this is a whole new paradigm and we need something that's built specifically for these devices, which is a custom uh, XR built MDM like Arbor, that we can then bring in there. So that was our big impetus behind reaching out to you guys and creating those relationships with all the ISVs we work with. 
But when it comes down to the device itself, it really was built with that mindset. It's, we're not just sending somebody a box, we're selling them a solution. Because by and large, the devices on the market right now are very, very similar from their capabilities. They may have a little bit different screen resolution, they may have a little bit different processor power, a little bit different in the RAM or storage space, things of that nature, but they all do exactly the same things. You know, they are all sixed off VR devices primarily. Uh, so if you look at that landscape, we fit very solely in, in, you know, very, very wholly into that space. But our big differentiator is that customers that work with us know the reliability of the hardware. They know what they're getting working with us. They know that we're not disappearing tomorrow or that we're going to have uh, poor relationships with our customers and that we put our customers first. So those areas are the same tenants that we built this on. Uh, and it goes down to everything we built the device around. Secondarily, from a pure hardware perspective, we built this in mind very differently than our competitors' devices where it's one device for an individual user. We built these devices to be shared. There's no specific login on the device. They're meant to be shared in the fact that they're fully wipeable services. We even have a new medical grade facial insert that we'll be putting on the device within the next month or so. That will just roll into all products that are out there. And uh, even down to the lens type that we chose uh, to make sure that people didn't have to put the device on and adjust it manually. A brand new VR user is not going to know what IPD is. They're not going to know what a diopter is. They're not going to know how to adjust those things. You need to be able to put it on, not feel like it's gummed up from the previous person that wore it, but also be able to put it on and have an instantaneously good experience, not worry about how to adjust it and manually configure it if it's your first time in VR. So we really thought through all those processes and made the, the decisions on the front end based around those ideals, uh, as well as making sure reusing our partnerships in the software and MDM space as kind of the tip of the spear when we talk to our customers, recognizing that bringing a piece of software is more important than the hardware that we're bringing them sometimes, uh, because this, the hardware itself is not solving the problem. It's that hardware plus software solution that really actually hits their ROI metric. Yeah. And I think you all have a very uh, interesting perspective. Uh, you know, a lot of the other manufacturers don't have decades of enterprise relationships who are, you know, where you're selling other hardware into those uh, existing relationships. So Vishal, I'd love to hear maybe some of your perspective just on the enterprise market and the fact that you get to talk to a lot of companies who are in XR and those who aren't and are already Lenovo customers. How, I mean, how do you kind of navigate that journey? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, what people don't realize about Lenovo is a lot of people think of Lenovo as a company that makes the ThinkPad or the laptop company, right? But Lenovo is a $60 billion global pocket to cloud company. We own brands like uh, Motorola, which is one of the largest cell phone companies in the world, one of the most prominent brands. Uh, and we have a very large data center, uh, edge business, as well as uh, workstations and a laptop business as well, right? So what we call every everything from uh, the client edge uh, to the cloud. And uh, this is where we sit, you know, with our uh, category, we sit in the IDG business, with the, which is the intelligent device group. And as, as, we, as we talk to these customers, and I think Jason touched on this, right? I mean, they want somebody that understands what is necessary for the enterprise. And one of the biggest bottlenecks in any IT rollout or any digital transformation rollout is how well does it gel with your IT department? You know, where, where is it, where are you from a security perspective? How much do you care about the privacy of your employees? Where, you know, what, where is the data going to reside? And can you work on these multi-tenant 
cloud solutions uh, as opposed to just a virtual cloud. So these are the things that we have a heritage of, uh, you know, several decades on, on working with these large enterprises, working with all the stakeholders, all the way from someone at who's running a factory, someone who's running the IT department, uh, or someone who's making these decisions at the learning and development uh, area for universities and schools and, and higher education institutions, right? So having that diversity of enterprise and uh, the B2B aspect is, is a, a variety of, is a way how we've actually designed our product. And that's what our customers come to uh, in terms of reliability, right? So I think it's very easy to call your, you know, to, to design your primary product for a gaming use case and then try to be an enterprise player. Uh, you know, people see through that, you know, very easily. They want something, uh, a company that works on products, you know, for the enterprise uh, from the ground up. Our Think Reality product was not designed for any other purpose. It was designed only to be a, a killer enterprise device, right? Uh, the first of its kind, and that's our heritage. Uh, and, and that's why we made some of the design choices that uh, Jason talked about. Uh, and then, uh, you know, the biggest thing that we do is we don't compete with our solution providers. You know, a lot of, lot of times, some of the brands, uh, our competitors are also have their own gaming platforms, or they will acquire uh, content that will compete with the larger open ecosystem players. What we do is we we built an ecosystem around Qualcomm Snapdragon Spaces, around OpenXR, around Open Android, uh, that helps us create a huge ecosystem of these uh, these partners, similar to what you see in a Windows laptop environment, right, where we don't compete uh, with some of these uh, these players that are completely installed on your laptop. So that's what that's why when we work with folks like you, we don't have our own you know, uh, own products that compete with it, right? Same thing with when it comes to manufacturing remote assistance, uh, we make sure that we are working on an ecosystem of partners that can thrive on our ecosystem as opposed to being worried about being cannibalized by us as well. I want to press in a little bit on, the, on, on that, on the open ecosystem. I mean, I think that's something we see a lot. And it, obviously, I think it's kind of funny to me. The, the, the closed ecosystem is so, I think, tempting <laughs> for people to push toward. And I think, you know, if it works, okay, maybe great. But it just seems like it often doesn't work. But I'd love to, to learn a little bit more, Vishal, and especially with your background at Qualcomm. I mean, what has it been like? How has Qualcomm contributed? How is the Snapdragon, pro I mean, how, how do they add value to what you're doing? Where do you see that going? Uh, Qualcomm ha have been great partners. I'm an ex-Qualcomm employee myself. So I may be a little bit biased there, but uh, you know when it comes to uh, just in general their uh, you know their grasp over the 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 chipset roadmap and what it takes in terms of innovating in this space, uh, they've been uh, definitely leaders in the space and have been really pushing the envelope on this industry for over over a decade now, right? So that you know they've been great partners on the hardware side. But what has been even more refreshing over the last two years, and this is where we made a big investment with them on the Qualcomm Snapdragon spaces, has been their commitment to the open ecosystem, right? Just like uh, just like uh, our customers and our developers don't want to be stuck in a silo, uh, Qualcomm has realized that you know they want to definitely go up the stack and create these SDKs that are easy for their customers, their hardware partners to go from uh, one device to the other. Uh, so you know, that's something that they've been very, um, you know, I think they've been very insightful on and uh, have made a lot of investments. And a lot of our products like the VRX A3 were the first products to support the uh, the Qualcomm Snapdragon open ecosystem. And, you know, actually we, we welcome competition on that, that platform. We want more and more of our competitors to get on that platform as well, because we see that as a way for this industry to scale, right? We all believe that this 
pi of the metaverse AR VR is big enough. And we really need more and more people to adopt that. And we want our developers to be able to monetize their software over multiple uh, multiple devices uh, so that they can, you know, we can actually grow together in this space. Yeah, Jason, I'm curious from your perspective, you know, boots on the ground, talking to a lot of customers. I think one thing we've seen, I always say, you know, over the last year, but I'd say especially in the last six months, is just really a heating. I mean, we're seeing our signups increase every month, our conversion rate increase every month, which is great for all of us. Mm -hmm. uh, I think we're, we're seeing more and more really, really powerful use cases that don't feel high, like hype or flash, that feels like they're here to stay. I think we're up to- beyond the pilot stage. Yeah, beyond the pilot stage. Uh, I, I think we're up to almost 100 of the Fortune 500 Global 2000 using Arbor. So to me, it's like, wow, that's really exciting. And it's, it's, it, I always say too, it seems from our perspective um, that it is industry agnostic. It just seems, you know, certain companies have more forward-thinking L&D departments and that's who, who moves quicker. Uh, but from your perspective, I mean, what are some trends you're seeing in the market as you're talking to customers, both with from a use case perspective, uh, but maybe also even in what they're looking for uh, in an enterprise device? Yeah, um, so I think there's a couple of answers to that. Um, you know, the, the way we're seeing the market right now is, is absolutely similar to what you're saying. Is that there's, a, there's been a, a dramatic uptick uh, over, you know, past year or so where we're seeing a lot more folks getting interested, getting invested. Uh, you know, I think new product announcements has helped to kind of get some new excitement in there. Um, we are also talking a lot about powers of what generative AI can contribute to the market as well. Um, but you know, before we touch into that, you know, where, where we see it is absolutely the same place you, you mentioned, a little bit different than traditional hardware use cases, things of that nature, which may be very vertically focused. And what we're seeing is this horizontal across all verticals sort of nature of, of, of XR where every organization is recognizing there's value in it, uh, but they're recognizing it in, in kind of similar ways. Uh, training and collaboration are two of the biggest, biggest buckets that we see across the board. And that's really our sweet spot you know, on the Think Reality team. Our enterprise focus really hits at the heart of that. Every organization brings on new employees. Every organization has to train those new employees on the socialization aspect of their organizations, their onboarding, their initial training, how do you get somebody up, ready, and efficient at their job most quickly? Uh, all of those things have value to organizations. So where we're seeing the biggest uptick in it are places that have high levels of turnover. Now, now turnover can mean different things for different groups. Now, we, we talk a lot in our group about the QSR industry. QSR is like the quick service restaurant industry. QSR industry has, uh, on average, 150% year-over-year turnover, meaning Every year, they turn over one and a half times their entire workforce. So they have 100 employees, 150 employees get hired per year. But most likely, these groups have thousands, tens of thousands of employees. So you get the idea. They turn all of those employees over on a regular basis, which means they're bringing on a lot of new people. That means that they have to train all those new people, that their time when they're bringing those people on, you're taking the trainer out of the, 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 the rotation. You're also taking those people are making them much more uh, efficient by training them more efficiently or, or more quickly and getting them on that line much more quickly. But then there's other areas that have you know, high turnover that you don't necessarily think is, is turnover. Look at uh, a higher education university that may employ VR devices for a classroom experience. Their turnover is that new batch of students that comes through every semester. So they're getting this high cycle rate where maybe your utility of the device isn't a lot per individual, but because they're bringing so many people through, they're getting a lot of utility out of those on an annual basis. So we started looking at it less as 
a laptop that one employee may have to use every single day to a device that is shared where you'll get a lot of utility across an entire organization by many different hands touching it. So those are the sorts of target use cases that we really try and look at. And that can go primarily towards those training and collaboration uh, sorts, of, sorts of mindsets. Um, so, so we're really seeing a lot of that kind of grow and organizations are starting to understand the ROI around that, especially as we have kind of this post-COVID lull back into people moving back into the office, having to go back into these training scenarios, but also organizations being resistant to the idea of spending how much money they were on things like travel and training pre-COVID. So there's, there's this kind of ebb and flow. They're like, all right, well, we recognize we have to get back into this older you know, mindset of how we're going, but we also want to you know, employ some of those cost savings we had. And XR has been one of those ways they've been able to do it. The other way, as I mentioned, though, is generative AI and, and the powers that we're seeing within that. Um, we're seeing a dramatic uptick in the ability to use generative AI to create some aspects of content and very soon many, many more aspects of content, which is going to increase the volume of use cases you can create quicker to market and at lower cost factor. And that's getting a lot of people interested in the ideas of what they can do because prior, a lot of times they'd spend so much money on a singular use case and it's hard to justify. But if they can get for the same cost factor, you know, five, 10 X by using some of the aspects of generative AI on the software development side, then they have a much better use case and a much better ability to, to create ROI based on that. So we're seeing, we're seeing a, a lot of these things kind of, uh, you know, confluence of these technologies come together that are creating a, a much higher demand across the board. Yeah, you know, we were at, uh, talking about the quick service industry, we were at uh, dinner a few weeks ago with some customers and another uh, just value add, I guess, from XR is waste. And you, you, we're talking to a big pharma company and they said, you know, the reason they got into XR or doing their training in VR was because they were training someone and they spilled a vial, you know, it was a million dollars worth of chemical waste. <laughs> and, but then you got the quick service guy who's kind of laughing and saying, well, we've got, you know, the ice cream machine and it's not, you know, it's not a million dollars, but we have a million machines or whatever, you know, we have, yeah, we have a thousand. Exactly. So it, it yeah. kind of ends up being the same. So it's yeah. interesting. Yeah. The, the variety of use cases. But or imagine know. safety or imagine safety for that matter, right? Imagine an employee's hand that gets chopped off or someone who gets electrocuted yeah. uh, in a, uh, you know, in a uh, EV factory when they're installing a battery, right? So the ROI on uh, the human life and the, the wastage is absolutely uh, irreplaceable. Yeah, one saved alive, one saved limb, one, one less, you know, uh, uh, lawsuit, one, one, less, one less item on the safety side can mean literal millions or plant shutdowns, or, uh, you know, we talk about a lot about oil and gas, you know, something happens where something isn't done right there, it could cost lives, it could cost millions of dollars and overnight, like, there's so much that could go into those things. Um, but, you know, we're, we're seeing we're seeing that across the board uh, on the wayside as well. Uh, there was uh, a group we were speaking to, uh, and it was a, a company that does, um, uh, you know, um, uh, like essentially hardware, but paint mixing. Something as simple as mixing cans of paint and the amount of times it gets screwed up and how much waste there is, uh, you know, and they, they, they have a calculation for it. And they understand that for every employee that they put on and every new person they have to train, there's approximately, you know, four cans of wasted paint, which may cost $100 per, you know, uh, per every you know, day, every shift that they have somebody on there. And if that's the case, they add that up over the course of a year and, of course, all their locations, and then they could share those, that, that training aspect. Uh, and even just reducing that by a single or a few percentage points really means uh, some significant savings for them. So that waste portion is 
absolutely a major portion of that ROI calculation. I love it. We should do a whole podcast just talking through use cases. I feel like between yeah. the <laughs> four of us, yeah. we've got, I keep wanting to jump in with more, but I want to, I want to rewind. Jason, you said something that struck me. You said, you know, with this new headset, you're not buying a device, you're buying a solution. Um, you gave some great details on the headset and why it really is an enterprise first headset. I thought maybe it could be helpful because I know a lot of people listening are in the process of trying to decide what headsets to use as they go to scale. At a small, you know, pilot project stage, it does it matters a little bit less. But once you start to scale up, it really does start to matter. Uh, you know, if you get stuck with the wrong headset, you know, you're going to be stuck with it for a while, and you may really sure. regret it. So, could you paint a little bit of a picture, even a hypothetical? Customer X comes to Lenovo and says, "I'm in. Let's let's. I'm going to scale up with with Lenovo." What does it mean when you say you're not buying a device, you're buying a solution? Sure, I mean that, that's. Uh... Something I talk about, it's, it's like a, a, a layoff. That's something I talk about every day, right? So um, we, 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 really, we really do focus on that as a, as a whole agenda every time we talk to our customers. Uh, and, you know, it, it depends on the sort of customer. It depends on if they're already a pre, you know, previously a Lenovo customer or not. But the story is the same. We, we don't just sell a box. Um, you know, if you're going to do a proof of concept with XR, absolutely. Go to Best Buy, order a device off Amazon. Easy enough to test out in your organization and see what works. But if you're going to scale into the hundreds or thousands of devices, that's going to open up a lot of issues when it comes to how do we get product onto those devices? How do we make sure that they work on our IT network? How do we make sure that you know, those devices aren't talking to uh, you know, a setup that we're not comfortable with, where they get their, their updates from, um, where that data is stored? Does it have to store credit card data or does the employer and person using it have to do anything with it. So we look at it and lock the devices down from that perspective. When you get the VRX, it essentially is an empty shell waiting for you to fill it up with your solution. Uh, so we work with folks like you guys, like, like Arbor, to make sure that they can manage and provision the device itself. We work with other MDMs and many ISVs, but we, we essentially tailor the solution specifically around the customer. We'll bring an ISV to board, we'll bring an MDM to board, and we provide the hardware. And those are the easy steps that I think everyone has an understanding of. But when you're buying hundreds or thousands of devices, you wanna be able to work with enterprise pricing. So who do you buy from? If you're a big company and you always buy through a specific channel partner, I guarantee you, Lenovo has a relationship likely with that reseller already. Uh, you know, We work with tens of thousands of resellers across the globe that already work with enterprise customers to do reselling of Lenovo products. So when you're already in the Lenovo catalog with the VRX, we can easily then create a solution around that. But then we go even further. We've got global support from actual experts in the field. So we, you work with our Lenovo integrated solution support, which we call LIS. Uh, that LIS team is true engineers that work in the XR space that know the products. They are our actual Lenovo badge employees. Um, then we have things like DAS, like the Device as a Service Financial Modeling, which means that we could go in there and if you want to take all of your solution, your hardware, your software, your MDM, your support, and wrap it up in a nice little bow and then amortize those costs across 24, 36 months, we can create a leasing plan through Lenovo Financial and give the cost factor and, and the, the, you know, bring that cost factor down on a monthly basis. So we, we try and think of every single angle in that equation. And then on the support side, uh, you know, we, we, we do everything from help you, uh, you know, upskill your team on how to actually do change management to bring this, these devices on board. Uh, we can help you pr procure the device and provision the device. Um, we can help 
with content development, we can create, uh, we, can, we, we can help with uh, 3D model conversion. Like there's literally no part of the service chain and the support chain that Lenovo doesn't, doesn't have an equation for. Um, so, you know, it, 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 the reason we have that is because this isn't our first rodeo. Like we have been doing this for decades. The things that we offer within the XR space have graduated over from very mature platforms that have been working extremely well on the enterprise side for decades. And the easiest metric to do is that a lot of your audience, I'm sure, have Lenovo laptops. Many of them have gotten from their jobs. And when they received it from their job, it came with their employee identification on it, came with a custom system image, came with everything set up specifically for their organization because that was provided to them by Lenovo or by that channel or, or reseller partner to do that. And that's the exact same thing we do on the XR side. Make sure that when it walks in the door, it's as low impact on your team as possible and solves an actual solution from day one. Solves an think, actual problem. I think, I think you, uh, you dunked the layup and broke the backboard. <laughs> I, you know, there's a lot there and a lot of awesome stuff. I, I still, the, the device as a service to me really stands out as a big, you know, I think that's a huge, huge, huge differentiator. Uh, Vishal, I have a, I just kind of a high level strategic question. I just love your, your thought, your perspective on, because it feels like, you know, and for, for those of us who are just so up, in, you know, in the industry on a day-to-day -day basis, it feels like, okay, the, it's proven that training in VR is effective, right? Whether it's, it's for turnover or it's waste management or for safety, like it's just proven. It seems like that's no longer a question. Now, I mean, Jason just answered every other potential challenge that, you know, like from, from the financing to like getting it with the whole, the whole package. So, and we all, we believe all this, you know, hundred percent. That's why we're, we're pouring out our blood, sweat and tears to make this thing happen. So how do we, Vishal, like get from where we are today? You still have some resistance in companies. I think just because it's new or, or whatever it may be, like how, how do we bridge the gap from today to the future where this really is ubiquitous? Absolutely. I mean, that's a question we struggle with in any any new burgeoning uh, uh, technology, right? Uh, and you know, <clears throat> I often ask the same question: is like, when will XR reach its Chat GPT moment or its iPhone yeah. moment? You know, uh, and, and to me, the solution that the solution lies, uh, and not to be redundant here, in the ease of the solution. The thing that mm -hmm. took off, you know, AI has been around forever. Generative AI has been around for five years. But what really uh, helped ChatGPT take off was the simplicity. How you know how anyone could interact with it with a simple chatbot, right? So the so same thing when it comes to training, when it comes to learning and development, when it comes to remote assistance, uh, when it comes to working your your um, helping your labor force become more efficient in the field. The question is how do we design? Uh, these applications and how do we design these solutions to be very intuitive even now when i see some of the solutions that are out there in the market they are a little complex They're, you know the setup time takes a while there's no you, you barely see kiosk mode right so you have to like fumble around a couple of times to get into a particular uh, application and then how you manage it is kind of complicated so you know my challenge to our ux team our ui team and also to the solution providers who we rely on uh, and, and you know, they unanimously agree on it is how can we simplify this solution? How can we make it more intuitive uh, so that it's as easy as using a smartphone uh, as we use it now, or as easy as using a, uh, a chatbot on Gen AI, right? So uh, to me, the solution, the ease of use of the solution is gonna be a big part of what is required. Uh, the second is, you know, the hardware and price points. I mean, they will get better 
they will get cheaper. And we're continue to work with some of the top hardware vendors. You know, that's the other big advantage of being Lenovo is, you know, you have a $60 billion supply chain behind you and you can work with some of the best industry optics players, you know, battery players, mm -hmm. uh, people who are in the chipset industry to help you scale the product, to help you create some of the best in class technologies. Excuse me. Uh, and, and the other thing is, you know, uh, again, as being Lenovo and being this pocket to cloud player, a lot of this technology, especially with generative AI and 5G technologies, a lot of these digital twins, a lot of the data is going to sit on the edge, right? So we're working with companies like NVIDIA on Cloud XR so that more and more of your spatial recognition, your AI, uh, your 3D data is sitting on the edge. And that's how you can actually make your hardware smaller and more compact, right? So between the, the ease of the solution, uh, the hardware getting better and having this this wrapper of services uh, that makes that makes it a lot easier to consume uh, and and manage. I think is going to be a big part of what uh, will help to scale. Yeah, yeah. and, and just, just to kind of tack on to that, you know, the, the generative AI portion again, I think is such a big part of that. Um, one of the biggest issues that we see across the board is, you know, with any new technology is relevant content. You know, first television wouldn't have scaled if there was just one television show on it, right? right. So you wouldn't have had new versions of that technology unless there was more things for people to consume with it. And the more things we have to consume with these devices, the more demand there is from the market for smaller, better, faster, cheaper devices. And as you get more demand from that market, that will create more hardware uh, innovation. That new hardware innovation will then in turn create more adopters, more fans, which want more content. And it just creates this perpetual cycle uh, of demand that, 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 that we'll, we'll, we'll see take off. And the reason I think generative AI is such a big part of that is because you're going to be able to create that content quicker. You'll be able to have more content of, of, of higher relevance to individuals. The personalization aspect brought in by things like ChatGPT, where people will be able to create very unique scenarios for every single individual approaching a new piece of content, will make these things that much more powerful. Uh, they'll make them that much more useful. And again, create further demand. Uh, I, I do believe that with this technology, with XR and with generative AI, we're entering this age of hyper-personalization when it comes from everything from education to training because of uh, that convergence of these tools. Yeah, that's a, the, the content component. I mean, I think something we learned recently, we just launched a, a content directory, you know, realizing it, it's, it is funny. It, there's so many pain points with XR that are just so basic that still exist and getting good content, you know, is, is one of them. And so we just launched recently demo apps because we found this like the same thing. You have somebody that's excited to get into XR and then there's not great content that they can just try out immediately. And so mm -hmm. I think it's, we've got over a hundred ISVs on our directory and over a thousand companies within the last month or two have enabled demo apps, which helps them to evangelize it in, you know, internally, if it's a proof of concept or, or whatever the case may be. Uh, so it does feel like, you know, we just all have to keep going, right? Like we see, I think the frustrating thing probably for all of us sometimes is a year ago, there was, or maybe 18 months ago, there were questions around, is this going to work? Or maybe does this work? And I think all of us are like, it works. It works so well, right? Like, <laughs> just like yeah, everyone needs to realize that it works. And so, uh, yeah, and to, and to yeah. me, you know, the, the, the metaverse direction in the hype cycle has been very, you know, has been good for the industry in general, because kind of that took out some of the hype and some of the yeah. Yeah, yeah. dystopian consumer use cases that people were working on or thought, that, you know, this would enable as opposed to the pure enterprise ROI use cases that 
we have the data around, right? We know that it works. And now when we talk to customers, when we talk to CIOs, CXOs, you know, they okay, how do I go implement this, right? How can I make this work? Now I understand what the power of the industrial metaverse is or what the power of 3D digital twins and 3D data is in training. Uh, how can we do it, right? So I think that, that that's really when the hype dies uh, is when you actually get some real work done, right? So I think this is uh, has been very beneficial over the last six months. Yeah, that's it. I like that quote. We need right, that when the hype dies, you get the real work done. But I, you know, Will said we should t we could do a whole show on on use cases. I think it's funny, you know, when we talk to investors sometimes. Sometimes they're the worst because they're like they just start going like, oh, you could do this and you could do this, and it's like, look, yes. like we, yeah, but yeah. That, that's not. Yeah, we know, we know. Yeah, yeah. Like, well, let's just train people ten percent faster and save company X a, a few million bucks. Like, let's just you yeah, know, yeah, then Fred, that that is it right there. Like the reason this will not die is because it has already been proven to save companies money. Mm -hmm. And there's one thing we know about what companies is they, they want to keep as much money in pocket as possible, right? <laughs> We've got two ways of, of increasing your profit margin. You know, you, you're like, and, and you know, one of the major ones is saving money. Like if you could save more and, and, and you know, basically just spend less on your, your corporate training or spend less on your collaboration, spend less on travel, spend less on waste, spend less because of injuries, all of those things that XR has been proven to, once you once an organization sees that once they are essentially customers for life, but it is that newness and it is that initial gate and it is sometimes a big challenge of the perception. And I think it's another area where Lenovo really excels is that we are not seen as a gaming company. We are not seen as a social media company. We are seen as kind of the stodgy business tool company. We are known for the ThinkPad, the, you know, the, 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 you know, the workstations the server side, all the things that make up Lenovo's you know, core aspects, that's what people know us as. So when we go into the boardroom with somebody that's an XR champion and they say, we want to use company X and they say, oh, my kids got one of those and they laugh them out of the room or they say, we want to go with Lenovo. They say, okay, that's, that makes sense. So it's that, that you know, idea that you know, we like to say we're, we're, we're the adults in the room when it comes to XR. You know, we, we, we look at it from that perspective. We look at it from that, that maturity level in the technology space. And the people that are not the champions in the organization are have a much easier time bringing that up to their senior executives and the other folks uh, that, that may be decision makers when we have that kind of serious edge to our name. Yeah. yeah. And also we're seen as uh, the, the solution consultants, right? Being the largest enterprise player, people are looking into how can I do an end-to-end -end deployment and scale an XR solution? Mm -hmm. And that takes a lot more than just the device and the software. It takes, okay, you know, how, what is my data privacy security? You know, what's my, uh, what, what's my cloud profile? How can I keep my data? You know, I got to do multiple tenets of this data in 15 different factories. How do I go about doing it? Lenovo, can you be a consultant? You know, can you bring the right SIs in? Can you bring your expertise in to help us through this entire journey? So we are uh, solution consultants to them in this entire journey, which helps them through this digital transformation process, right? So, and you're seeing the same thing with generative AI right now. There's a lot of buzz, but when it comes to companies and they and them putting their data in a public LLM or a private LLM or even a personal LLM for personal data, how do you do it? So Lenovo again is going out there and becoming consultants to them in terms of what's the most secure way, what's the most cost-effective way of doing that, right? So the same challenges we're seeing in the generative AI space as well, uh, which which we we saw in the IoT space, we saw that in the uh, XR space, and you know that's kind of a typical digital transformation process that you have to go through. Yeah, and I think that's a great point. Is it? This isn't our first time around the block with this stuff. 
Like, you know, every, every example that Bashaz has laid out is something that Lenovo has come at head on and worked with enterprises to solve specifically around their, their needs. So, uh, you know, again, just, just kind of leans on that, that decades of experience. Yeah. Very, very good. Uh, this has been great, guys. Uh, just one last thing here as we move to a wrap. Uh, you have a very cool partnership with Formula One. I'd love to hear a little bit about that, and then maybe we uh, will wrap for the day. I don't know if Vishal, you want to hit that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're there, one of their elite technology partners, a handful of partners uh, that, that help them with their uh, with their entire technology stack, whether it's servers, whether it's uh, PCs, whether it's managing some of their equipment that's being used for real-time broadcast. And uh, proud to say that we were chosen. Uh, we were the only company chosen for our XR experience as well uh, at, uh, at two of their locations uh, this year. Uh, Japan and uh, uh, and Austin, which uh, Jason was really involved in. So we did we had some fun there around our uh, a stock car experience, around a Formula One experience, and that was just a teaser. But now we're going to expand that into how can this be used for training, remote assistance? How can you know now uh, these companies are getting more and more global, and mm -hmm. uh, a lot of their teams are still sitting in the UK and processing data in real time, right? So how can we uh, kind of bridge that gap using technology as, and using XR solutions? Uh, so that's going to be a big part of our, our challenge and solutions going forward as we bring, uh, like you said, right? How do you reduce waste? How do you reduce travel? We keep talking about DEI uh, and ESG, right? How do you like, instead of having 50 people travel to a site, how can we just do it remotely and do a remote collaboration or a remote training? So those are the things that we are trying to build uh, and bring into a cutting edge organization like uh, Formula One, uh, which is, you know, has absolutely the most advanced needs for speed and data. Yeah. Well, it's fun too. I mean, to get a little brand recognition, you know, name recognition out there, I think helps, absolutely. helps move absolutely. XR forward. So guys, this has been great. I mean, I'm thinking we should maybe try to do this once a, once a year, once, you know, every six months, just to kind of check in and see how things are going. But I know you're busy and we really appreciate you sitting down with us and uh, we look forward to chatting again soon. Yeah, Thank you very much. That, uh, uh, months from now, we should be able to nail it in about six months. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All right. Thank you very much. You bet. Thanks, guys. Man, there was a lot there. That was a uh, that was a good interview. I think you know, everyone is uh, pumped up about what it means for Apple to bring a device to market. But but I think it's as you know, exciting or maybe more so to see just kind of the blue collar nuts and bolts enterprise company making a commitment to XR. I mean, to me, that that's that's a really encouraging signal. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. You know, when I asked Jason to follow up and elaborate on his comment that you're not buying a device, you're buying a solution. We've mm -hmm. heard that before, right? It's oftentimes mm -hmm. just a platitude. But man, his answer was detailed and specific. And I think what excited me about the answer was I think it's what's needed. It's what's needed mm -hmm. for companies to actually be able to scale up deployments. You know, it works to go buy a few headsets from Best Buy for a pilot project, but it's not going to work when you go to scale. It's not going to work when you're thinking about the life cycle of a device. And when you're thinking about needing to present something to your leadership team that's actually compelling and that isn't going to mm -hmm. make them kind of chuckle. So I think when you have a company like Lenovo with so much credibility with the mm -hmm. sales channels and the distributor network they have, and then you have a headset that obviously has been built with information from the ground, talking to customers, even specific points he made about companies right now are wanting to use one device for many employees. They're mm -hmm. not wanting to sign up and have every employee have a device yet. We're just not there yet. It feels like it's it's the right device for the moment. And it's a company that I think uh, brings the respect and credibility that might get it in the door. So 
I'm excited to see what happens with this headset. It's uh, It has a lot of potential. Yeah, absolutely. You can tell they've been very, very thoughtful with all the components of the solution and they've got the experience and credibility to do it. So it will be uh, interesting to see how it plays out. Well, uh, thank you uh, for spending time with us. As always, we appreciate it. And make sure you check us out wherever you listen to your podcasts and we will see you next time.